0: Hein de Zundtik the Gimel Thomas. My short jacket is a mistake. I took my kapote out of the closet and then I put on my jacket. This <laughs> is But take the Gimel Thomas. It's the Chagah of the Kerebe. And we Friday we had a conversation. It Was ganz kishmak Friday? But the history leading up to the story of Yudbeiz Yud the Yud Gimel Thomas. What's relevant for us at the moment is that the Stalin, the Russians, in their incredible hatred and evil and their intent on creating a whole new human culture, which they failed at, made many changes to what was part of the very core of human existence. And one of them was that they changed their rest to Tuesday instead of people resting on Shabbos or al on Sunday they made the day of rest to Tuesday so the work week started on Wednesday and ended on Monday this way, they guaranteed that Lahavdul Yidin and Goyim would have to work on their Sabbath on their day of rest which is why Stalin did it and uh, the Medrash tells us that Haman uh, approaches Achashvedish and he says to Achashvedish you have a nation of lazy people you tell them to go to work, there's a holiday tell them to work tomorrow, it's Yisrochag and it's Erev Yom Tif, and we have to go by Yolulav, I have no time they're always busy with their religion so the Meddash says, so the Ebishter laughed and says, okay, and we'll have another day off put him, because of Hormon we have not a holiday, another excuse not to work that's exactly what happened it's exactly what happened the Fidiket was told that he's free on Tuesday but Tuesday the offices were closed it was the Sabbath, it was the day off so he was given this information unofficially. And Tuesday was coincidentally, it's very far from coincidental, Bashdokha Prat, is his birthday, Yudbeis Tamos. So on Tuesday a telegram came from Moscow, which was where the capital of the Soviet regime was, to the offices of the Soviet government, of the communist government or communist party in, um, in Kastrama informing the officials there that the government had decided to let the Rebbe go and that they should tell the Freerik Rebbe that he's free to leave the Rebbe was walking in the street and he met someone from the office and they told him that you should know that a telegram arrived from Moscow informing you that you're free tomorrow morning you'll come in, in other words the equivalent of Monday morning you'll sign in and we'll officially release you so the Rebbe comes home with the news on Tuesday <speaking Spanish> it was a right away immediately the Rebbe didn't have too many people with him. He had his daughter, the Rebetzin. The story goes that the Rebetzin sang and danced Nyet It's either true or not, but it's a nice story. He had with him also two chsidim, Rebbe L'chaim, Maltese and Emchol Dvorkin. And they certainly danced in the streets. niet I think the Rebbe even said that by Fabringen. But they ever had to wait till the next day, Wednesday, you Gimel Tamas, to be informed officially that he's free. And as a result, because of Haman, we don't have one day Yomtuf, we have two days Yomtuf. Day, y- y- like Yud Tess like and Chav Kislev. So this is Mamish, the same story. He was told on Tuesday he's free to go, but he had to wait till Wednesday. So we have two Yommeh Hagi Yudbeis Tamuz, when the Rebbe was told that he's free unofficially, which is also his birthday, and Yudgimel Tamuz, which is the day he was officially told that he's free and he went home. So it was Wednesday. Yudgimel Tamuz was on a Wednesday, the Rebbe immediately left. Of course, he had no reason to stick around. Although in the nine days that he was in Kastramah, he managed to open a cheder. Um, and he came home. He arrived home on Friday. Friday was Tezvav Tamuz, which is why by the Rebbe Tezvav Tamuz is also a Yomtif. The Rebbe explains that Pihal that when a person goes through a difficulty, there is a category called Chazalei Sonei. Chazalei Sonei means you go back to normal. And the halacha is, that is a special bracha which you say, when a person goes through a hardship, you make a Berches goyimo, ChaYovim But you can only make it when Chazalei Sonei. You can't make it when the imminent danger passes, or the great crisis is over, but when things return to normal. So the Rebbe says he was not in a position to say, Berches goyimo until Friday vov. Thomas, which is why, by the Rebbe, Tezvav Thomas was a Yomtiv. Many times he Fabring on Tezvav Thomas. In fact, Shabbos, Tezayin Thomas, which is Erev Shiva, so the Rebbe was Shabbos, so the Rebbe said Goyimul, and he said, of course, my modern, how Goyimul Chayavam Shagmalani Teviv. My modern begin on that pasuk, Chayavam Tevish, Shagmalani tev He thanked the Eibush for the greatness. So you based the Gimel was the time that the Firikab was released from prison, and as we discussed on Friday the Rebbe realized that his being freed from prison is by no means an end. It's a beginning because, as I explained to you on Friday, the Rebbe was a center in Russia. As long as the Fidike was in Russia, there was a central organization of underground institutions, underground efforts to preserve Yiddishkeit. And it was incredibly effective. I mean, the measure of effectiveness of the Fidike Rebbe is unreal. And we know it. Not just because we're Hasidim and we drank the Kool-Aid and so forth, but because there are documents that are now published which demonstrate the degree of effectiveness of the Rebbe. Part of the reason these documents exist is because the Rebbe was getting the money from America and from Western Europe, and he needed to give an accounting of where the money was going, penny by penny, ruble by ruble. And uh, we have documents of literally hundreds, hundreds of Talmud teires, hundreds of yeshivas all over Russia, teaching children before and Mbad Mitzvah, Teireh. And when the Rebbe was freed, and as I explained to you on Friday, the government of Russia was very hesitant to arrest the Friediki Rebbe. It's hard to fathom in hindsight, but Russia became crazier as time passed. Stalin became the head of the Politburo, or the head of the, what do they call the Prime Minister, in 1924, when Lenin died, this was 1927. It was only three years later. Stalin's madness would evolve. It was the 30s when he was absolutely nuts, just killing classes of people because of Nativism. And every few years he'd have another idiocy, Nacha purge, Nacha tiruf, Nacha But in the 20s, there were a lot of Labavach Hasidim who were arrested. They went away for three years and came home. Many Hasidim. You know, a lot of Sidim sat in jail twice. The first time was in the 20s. Those who went away, went away for three years to labor camps or to exile, and then they came back. It was in the 30s, that just just shooting people ad hoc, mamish, no trial, no nothing. But when the Rebbe was arrested, it was still a time that the Soviet Union was trying to put on a human face. And the Rebbe was a well-known international person. And uh, they were very, very reserved, very hesitant about arresting him. They would have much preferred to cut off the arms and the legs of the movement rather than touch the head. Okay. But they realized that it simply was not going to be. The chassidim, you know, they would arrest the, with the rest of chassid, there was another chassid in his place and so forth. So they arrested the rebbe. And the original plans were to do away with the rebbe, unfortunately. But uh, that was changed and primarily in Daaz in Ilm Hazer, because the pressure that came from out of Russia. In other words, the, the, the Russians had been able to keep it a secret would have done what they were planning to do, but it became immediately known in the West, in America, in Berlin, Paris, in London, and so forth, and it became difficult for them to do it. And uh, eventually they freed the Rebbe, they let him go, but the Rebbe became a prisoner inversely, backwards. He was the head, he was the nerve center, they were not going to touch him, but anybody who came near him was immediately arrested. And the Rebbe realized that he became a liability, his ability to lead the movement, the underground movement of the preservation of Yiddishkeit in Soviet Russia was based on the ability for him to interact with his followers, to keep a center and even though it was done clandestinely and secretly and so on and so forth but there was a connection there was communication and so on but when it became clear to him that the Soviets were no longer going to allow that to happen because they became completely uh, reckless, completely um, Uh, impulsive or reflexive in the way they started arresting people, the Rebbe realized that now there's no way Yiddishkeit can be preserved if he's in Russia because they'll just destroy anybody who has anything to do with him and as this realization set in on the Rebbe that not only can he no longer do his work but that in fact he has become a liability, he has become the opposite of useful to the ability to preserve Yiddishkeit in Russia he contemplated leaving the country. Which is what had originally been negotiated. I told you the story on Friday. I heard the story just a few years ago for the first time. I never heard the story in my life. Um, but I heard it, I, I heard it, I heard it from a person who heard it from his father, who was a very Khoshavid, who wouldn't make up a story like this. <laughs> this is the story that and I told it to you on Friday that Ramart Dubin, who was a member of Parliament in Latvia, he was a member of the Parliament, he belonged to Agudisistol, which was a, an Orthodox political orthodox Jewish political party. They had representation in the in the government, and he had him. He went into he, he he smuggled himself into Russia, which was not difficult to do. Getting out was the problem, but getting in was not hard, and he got himself arrested. And he said to the people who arrested him, "Bring me to Molotov. I can help the Soviet Union." So this is a story, so they, he, the, Russia had very few countries that recognized him. The Soviet government, the communist <coughs> government was not recognized as a legitimate government by most countries in the West, and they needed that recognition for survival, it. So this was the trade-off. The Latvian government officially recognized the Soviet Union if they would let the rebel leave. Now, the Frida Kemba comes home from prison. He has no intention of leaving the country. <laughs> so they helped him leave. He was given no choice. And the story is that after several weeks of coming home, maybe even less, maybe even less than several weeks, the Rebbe left Leningrad. He left very, very soon after. Exactly how soon is hard for me to know. He traveled to a suburb of Moscow, Malakhovka, which is interesting. I I find this personally very meaningful. I was in Russia 20 years ago, 21 years ago. And in Russia at that time there were three shuls. Today there's probably 30 or 40, but then there were three. There was the big shul, the official shul, the khar shul, the choir shul, which is a very old edifice, a very old building. That was especially the official vestah, the the bone that was thrown to Jewry jewelry in Russia at the time. Then there was the Labavich shul, the Manarashter shul, which was where all the activities took place. And then there was a shtibol in the suburb of Moscow called Malachavka. There were only three shuls. And to me it's very interesting that these shuls survived the, all of the years of the Soviet oppression. Malachavka was the building where the Rebbe spent several months during the summer 1927, and I believe personally, and you don't have to agree with me, <laughs> that Rebbe Poshet left his Kedusha there. That shul stayed open all the years. And that's where a lot of events, Lubavitcher in Yonim of Mesiris Nefesh, was done also. And the Malachavka was also a cemetery. There's a Beisachayim where a lot of Anash, who passed away during the Soviet years, uh, were buried, those who have graves, if you know what I'm saying, and tombstones. Including Ramat Hadubin himself. And the Rebbe spent an entire summer in agony. Pneumius dick agony. What should he do? He had set for himself a course and it was clear to him that he became a liability to this very course and the story goes only five people were allowed to see him then But He enlisted by name five individuals were allowed to visit him and at the end of the summer he made the decision to go to his father's teen in Rostov which was a very dangerous trip, very very dangerous trip He took along his daughter, the Rebetzin, and he told nobody. He told nobody. There's a book which was published about 20 years ago about the B'shemul Zalmanov. And in that sefer, it's written that the B'shemul Zalmanov was living in Kursk. He was a shaykhit. And he had a whole group of Talmidim. who was teaching. And he got a telegram from somebody that the Rebbe is passing through Kursk. So he went to the train station with the Bochum. And he went on the train with a huge container of Yisrael milk, of milk. and milk. He told the Bukham to wait outside. And he went to the train, going from car to car until he found the Rebbe with the Rebbe with his daughter. And the Rebbe ignored him. The Rebbe plain, simple, ignored him. He brought the Rebbe milk, and the Rebbe questioned him, was how do you know I'm here? So he told the Rebbe, I received a telegram. So there was a grace Don't be as smart as that smart aleck who told you, please, do not send subsequent telegrams. It's not good for anybody that people know that I'm traveling. And the Rebbe ignored him. He sat, this guy sat down on the train. The Rebbe and his daughter sat near each other. The Rebbe talked to his daughter until he got the message. He got off the train, he left. He told the Vacharim, the Rebbe don't want to see anybody. And the Rebbe went to Rastov, which was a very dangerous trek because in Russia, when people traveled, there was a tendency for accidents to happen in quotes he came to Rostov, he was, he was by his father, I don't know for how long and he came out and he said that my father permitted me to leave and then he went back to Petroburg, to Leningrad and he asked everybody to come for Tishrei once the decision was made to leave the Soviets were prepared to let him do whatever he wanted his last hooray could be as dramatic and as glorious and as grand as he wished it to be because this was it, they were getting rid of the Rebbe and that's what happened, thousands and thousands of chassidim came to Leningrad there was no place to walk in the streets, let alone to eat and sleep but for most people, this was the only time they saw the Rebbe and for the vast majority, Rubam Kukulam, it was the last time they would see the Rebbe and after Simchas the Rebbe left And like I told you many times, at the Tezyn Asicha, Simchas Tei the the day before the Rebbe left Russia, he made an announcement, and the announcement was: Mention Zogin. People say that my departure from this land, from our land, has to do with circumstances and pressures and extraneous influences and forces. You should know that it's a mistake. There's a plan here. There's a master plan. This is what the Rebbe said the day before he left Russia. To what specifically the Rebbe was referring, we'll never know. In other words, what he meant when he said that, I don't know. But certainly, the final result of it is that the Rebbe came to America. And as the Rebbe says, and we talked about it, this was an event, this was a circumstance that triggered the Rebbe shifting from being a Rebbe over Chassidim, as was the tradition, to becoming a Rebbe, to worrying about every Jew on the planet and concerning themselves with the most basic aspects of Yiddishkeit, this is what coming to the West meant. And it's connected to the Rebbe's departure from Russia on Yudbezi Gimel Talmud. Now, you have a stack of pages with a number of letters. They were all written in Tofresh Pechas the first anniversary of the Rebbe's uh, release from prison. In other words, a year later. And we don't have sufficient time to do all of these letters. We, don't have, we have very little time, actually. But I want to at least read some of them. You're welcome to keep these copies because we are not revisiting them tomorrow. We're not revisiting them in the second hour. So I am going to begin on page pay test. The only thing, I'm sorry? You may? Not as far as I know. I understand that the worst thing he could have possibly done was leave a, speci- a specific person in charge. Um, I am sure that we give many instructions, but there was certainly no public announcements made about uh, who was in charge. But that was much earlier. That was not in preparation to leaving. Those 10 people included him. He was part of that minion. That was much earlier. There was a base five years before, four years before. So there were people left in charge, but it was all very unofficial. And you, you had to come Friday, no. We talked about it on Friday. We're going to begin a test. I want to read you this little letter first. Because I, I found this letter to be very moving, personally. And I figured Rebbe wrote 50 letters like this. And there's a lot of spirit to this short little letter. I'm reading on page Peches. Baruch Hashem Gimel Tzvav Tavol Tavresh Peches Talmidei Our honorable student Vosli V'Chazed Isherei Likim Arinja Bal Yon Nochum Shichin. This was written by Rabbi Sclar, Rabbi Nochum Sclar, who at that time already lived in America. And the the handful, the handful of Anash, who lived in America, when they got word that the was in prison. They went into high gear, they mobilized every force in America that they could to put pressure on the Russian government. And it's true that a, a, a considerable part of the pressure which led the Russians to free the Rebbe came from the United States. And the hand, Rabbi Jacobson of had just come a year earlier to America and he he writes himself, he was very green, he didn't know what was going on. So he thought that he can't do anything in America without lawyers and then he learned even a bottom like me could go to a senator. <laughs> you don't need to be a lawyer to speak to important people in America. And they did everything in their power to get the Rebbe released and they were successful. So this Chosid wrote the Rebbe a mazel tov. And I suppose the way I would put it in simple English is that he treated the Rebbe like a human being. You know, we, we have a weakness, a problem that we take the Rebbe for granted. We don't give the Rebbe mazel tov. We don't tell the Rebbe thank you. We don't tell the Rebbe you know, chazak because he's the Rebbe. But uh, it's a mistake. I, I, I feel it very strongly that it's a mistake. And he wrote the Rebbe a letter of Mazel Tov for his birthday, and for his Chag and the Rebbe acknowledges that letter. Shalom teidasi I am f- herewith acknowledging or expressing my thanks and my blessing. Ba'ad for the bracha that you gave me, for the days of Yedbez and Yedimel And again, there must have been a number of Hasidim who had the sensitivity. He wrote to the Rebbe and he gave a bracha. He says, I thank the Beibishten. Thank God that the Rebbe survived. And we give the Rebbe a bracha that Beibishten should give matvloch and all of his holy work. And this was very important to the Rebbe. And Bechalab is barach. Everyone who blesses should be blessed. Was a bracha that's doubled and re And the, uh, the horn of Teirah should be raised up. As well as the horn of our brothers, the sons of Israel, they should live and be well. Spiritually and materially. Who sends him regards and he blesses him and the Rebbe signs his name. It's a short little letter. And it, it, when I was looking through these letters to prepare what to teach, this letter grabbed me. Because, like I said to you, this is something which is so important that I suppose we could fix. <laughs> you go to the oil, you tell the Rebbe good news also. The, the idea that a chassid appreciates that somehow his little words, that he says to his Rebbe, encourage the Rebbe. They raised the Rebbe up. And the Rebbe is thanking a chassid for the Chassid's blessing him for your basic Gimel Tamas. it's just a very meaningful letter in my personal opinion. So I wanted to read it for what it for what it communicates. And as we Lubavitch Chassidim at this moment stand, that, that means when you go to the Oyel and everybody appreciates the fact that this is a connection of Neshama and Neshama, it's a deep connection. Give the Rebbe the good news. <laughs> Give the Rebbe. You can give the Rebbe a brocha, you can give the Rebbe a brocha too, there's no there's no problem. If you give the Abish, the Gemara says, the Abish said to the king God, Yom Kippur, give me a brocha. So you can for sure give the Rebbe a brocha. But the idea that we should feel the Rebbe's feelings, and not that we have a shaykhis to the world of the Rebbe, but nevertheless, from our perspective, connect to the Rebbe on that level is clearly very significant and meaningful to the Rebbe. So let's now go back to page Peches and read... The earlier letter, and this is a letter in which the Rebbe encourages Khsidim to make a fabrengen. I Let me say this before I read this. On the first page, which is on page P, I printed the letter of Mizrakht. The the standard, the classic letter of Yidbais Tammuz, is the letter which he wrote Hakapayches, the first year after his redemption, where he he talks about the miracle, and he announces that this is a Yomtiv. Not just for himself, but for all Yudin. This is the letter. It, it, you know what? I'm just going to read one paragraph. If you can go back to the first page, which means that the stack should be closed and the staple should be on the right. Page pay. I just want to read the second paragraph from the bottom. Mm-hmm. The kindness of the Abish has never finish. You know how it says in Tanya. Why do we need the Abishas? chasodim kilei tamnu? Because we are not perfect. That's how the Alter Rebbe teaches. Doesn't say kilei samu like kilei samu chazdecha kilei tamnu because we are not Tmimim, so we need chaste Hashem. Uzchus always kedeshim and the merit of our holy fathers kilei cholod they never expire, v'lo yachilu and they will never expire. La'ahelchem beikvesam la'adol neitzachatacham those who walk in their heels forever and ever and ever. Hine. Be a mashneim also lechedish Tammuz on the twelfth day of Tammuz bishlishi on Tuesday leseid heinini naisin leis bris shalom. Pasha's Pinchas, which is this week's parsha, in which the Eved says heinini naisin leis. I give Pinchas a Pinchas, Pinchas, ben Elozbera nakein bris shalom, a covenant of peace. Go'ola nitnali. I was given a redemption and he says it's not i alone at the to redeem you at base thomas but also but rather gam also as kol all those who love our holy tator who are shame mitzvah who guard mitzvahs every from yid was redeemed in the base gimel and as i explained to you the only way to explain this is to say that this de'ula was a spiritual breakthrough, because practically it's very hard to see the, the, the Rebbe's life was saved physically, there's no question about that. But the idea that you'd base Tammuz opens up new possibilities for Yiddishkeit all over the world. At that time, the opposite was the truth. At that time, it set Yiddishkeit in Russia back incredibly, because the departure of the Rebbe from Russia... The Chassidim couldn't do what the Rebbe did, they simply weren't big enough they were just not great enough people, as great as they were, and as much messiahs, as nefesh as they had. The Rebbe saw Yudbeis Yom Thomas as breaking through a spiritual barrier, which opens up new possibilities for Yiddishkeit till Mashiach all over the world. And therefore, it's a redemption to every frum Yid. Ki Vegam B'Shem Yisrael Even such a Jew, whose identity as a Jew is a Kinoi. He's called as a nickname, as a secondary identity, a Jew. In other words, not Frum. Yiddishkeit is not the center of his life. But he's called, but then Achino redeemed him also. He called Ishmi Yisrael because the truth of the matter is that every single Jew, parenthesis, notwithstanding his external personal condition, bishmidas ma amitzvas and guarding and fulfilling mitzvahs, levavei tomi his heart is sincere and whole and perfect with the Eibush that is and therefore every Jew in the world was redeemed by Thomas. and at that time that was felt at the time when the Rebbe was released from prison the arrest of the Fezik Rebbe touched Jews all over the world and the redemption of the Fezik Rebbe was a celebration with Jews all over the world. The Rebbe came to America two years later American Jewry celebrated him as a Jewish hero for having stood up to Stalin and that's what the situation was but the Giula that the Rebbe is talking about is not a hero in the political sense, or in the social sense, but uh, in the spiritual sense. It it opened up new possibilities for Yiddishkeit all over the world. I want to just read you this one paragraph. Let's go back now to page Peches. He was in Rige. It says at the top of the letter Rige. Oh, the first letter doesn't say it Okay, Page Peiches. This is a letter where the Rebbe asks Chsidim <speaking in> to Baruch Hashem. All of Tammuz Tofresh Peiches. Rigeh. El Yedideinu Anash Vatmimim. To our friends Chsidim and Tmimim. HaDashem Aleyhem Yichyu. The Ebushah should be upon them and they should live. Shalom <speaking in> Ebrachah. Hello and blessing. Bechaz kel elin With the kindness of the God above. Rikshei <speaking in Hebrew> Aavo the feelings of love and the deep devotion, loyalty, commitment asher that exists, that pervades amongst Hasidim as a whole and tmimim as a whole el to our holy fathers betach there is no doubt that Asva veKipta is close on Nashat It gathered together all the all of Chsedim and all of Tmimim. VeChol Mechave veLeim deTeder yichyu' and all those who love the Teder to learn the teira, or those who learn Teder. VeChal Sarva sat in every place. L'sheves yachtav to sit together with ach evadeyev in a gathering of brothers and friends b'suudah simcha and the suudah of feasting of joy b'me yudbeiz yudh yimel on the day of yudbeiz yudh thomas the rebbe says that he knows how much chesidim and yidin love him <laughs> that's what he says b'shu muhat melib he says ha'yid kudvuches but we know what that means how much people love him out of this love, there is no question that in your base time, there will be a of neka fabrengin. And see them, we'll get together and they'll rejoice in the Rebbe Simcha. L'vavi betucha, my heart has trust. Asher esva'adusa mateva, that they're good fabrengin. Heviya, be'ezraseh yizborech. You know, I think there's a word missing. I think this letter should say "Aluf Yud Gimel Tamos. Okay, this is a letter written after the fact. It says "Aluf Tamos." It should be "Aluf Yud Gimel Tamos. Brought with the help of Hashem, his chaskus gedeila v'ruach chayim, a great strengthening and a spirit of life, bekvias itim l'teira barabim, in fixing times to learn in public, but batik nesias and batim in the and schools and yeshivas. Mosolenden teira poshet va'avolas zmanim l'ilimudei dach. And fixing time also to learn chesedus be'ais <laughs> ubizman hamesugal arabim for the time and place for the day and the time that's uh, it's most auspicious, most practical for people. Bechol mokum am mokum in each place kafit nayam mokum according to the addition to the place. Asher that because of this Yevarchem Hashem is barak al mali should bless them. Bechol mila they mitvah and all matters of good min nefesh v'atbash spiritually and materially. In other words, you're making a fabregin, you're celebrating the goal of the rebbe. The Rebbe's wish, the Rebbe's sense of what celebrating his yule is, is Posheth more Yiddishkeit. That's what it is, more Yiddishkeit. The Fabrengen is supposed to encourage more Yiddishkeit, more learning tere. And the Koch of the Rebbe was learning tere by rabbi. For those who are not aware, we, you know, we've had many in Beis Tamas since we started to learn here in base Medrash and Nushim. So we've just done a lot of stuff, we've done a lot of repeating over the last 15 years also. But one of the things that we've learned several times is the memorum of Asad based Veiskim The Fritiky Rebbe, the first year, based Thomas gave out a maimed. It's a short little maimed, and the Rebbe gave it to us. The Rebbe gave it to each one of us. I don't know what year it was. Nun Aleph or Nun The Rebbe gave everybody. Based Thomas a kunters. Based Thomas of fish It was beige. It was like a a light. I'm very bad at colors. It was a very very light brownish, like a color like this. Um, you have it at home if you've been around and we learned it, we learned it more than once. And the nakud of that maimed is the mile of learning tayra b'rabim, to learn in shul, to in public, the koyach that people give one another, and he connects it to the idea of davening B'tzibu. the idea of davening with a minion. Everybody knows it's a halacha shachonaroch, and the mile of davening B'tzibu, the gemara says, "henkel kabalayimus," when ten Jews daven together, Hashem cannot ignore their prayer. Because when you have ten Yidin, the Shekhinah davens with them. And when the Abishadavan's davens with us, how is he going to ignore himself? Or to use different words, that when you have ten Yidin together, you bring out a giloy of the Shleish Yeser, the 13 attributes of mercy. Right? During that Aserahs you made Tshuva, the gemara says, Kam even when you daven alone, you have the 13 attributes of mercy because of the time. The rest of the year you need a tzibur, you're diving together with ten a v'kircha tzibur. So the Rebbe says, just like this shleish esrei midas harachamim, the shloish esrei midas shateira nedrashas behem. And he links these 13 to these 13 apisad. In other words, when you learn by yourself, you have koiches to learn. When you learn with a minyan, because shchina shruya benayim, the Eibishta learns with us, so you find your poshid better able to learn and more deeply capable of understanding because the kayach of the Tzibur brings the Koyach of the Ebishter in mid and teirah you learn the teira better just like when you're daven with ten you have a higher kayach when you learn with ten you have a higher kayach and the Rebbe says this is your beis make a fabrengen and talk about Yiddishkeit talk about Teirah talk about we personally should be better people learn more and daven more and so forth and specifically the idea of gathering together in groups ubiyadam kasef chuf chukas nafshiyama gamose and since you know the great longing and thirst of my soul umagamasia and my intent my endeavor my wish leyes itam imo to be with them be khom if alehim atayman every good thing that they do Betach, there's no question that they ilu they will be kind enough to give joy to my heart. And to inform me. And to inform me of all their good resolutions. Because this is holy work. Belimut, in learning. Ubekiam, and in practicing mitzvahs. Habal, which comes. Ayedei Zut, Through the work of connecting to the Ebisha, which is what prayer is, right? We do mitzvahs. The spirit of doing mitzvahs. Is being aware and connected to the Eibishter. Awareness and connection, Tashem, is what davening is about. So davening becomes the heart, it becomes the spirit, or like the Rebbe says in the Kutatere in Pashas Bolok, it becomes the vertebrae, not the vertebrae, the spinal cord, the chutasheder, the, the thread that gives unity and function to the whole body, to all the Ramach mitzvahs, and all the Shasab mitzvahs, laces, the whole Yiddish guy. Has a center, a nerve center, and the center is tefillah, davening, because davening connects us to the Yehi'ustet, and our connection to the Yehi'ustet is the basis for the way we live our lives practically as Jews. So the Rebbe says, I'm reading that line again: Ki <laughs> the holy work, belimud in learning Torah, and fulfilling mitzvahs, ha'boi which is inspired by the service to Hashem of the heart. Which is davening. And you know this, we've talked about this many, many times. There are deists that hold that davening is not a mitzvah. Deir There's three opinions about davening. But there are opinions, that the whole davening is not a mitzvah, say deir So the Rebbe says, this opinion that says that davening is not a mitzvah, deir is not because davening is not important. But it's because, like, Amunah is not a mitzvah. Amunah is not a mitzvah because it's before Yiddishkeit. It's the foundation of Yiddishkeit. You can't be a Jew without believing. You can't be commanded to believe in something you don't believe in yet. So davening is the same thing. It's the essence. It's the Jew. It's the Yid. And therefore davening is not a specific mitzvah. It's not a so-called limb of the supernal body. It's the spirit behind it. It's the heart of it all. So davening is the foundation of learning and doing. gomur. <speaking in Hebrew> This, Yiddishkeit, and the spirit of Yiddishkeit, which is the connection to the to will unify us with a perfect union, notwithstanding the separation of space. So it says, in Yiddishkeit, we meet one another. There's an expression from Chassidim, you meet God during prayer. So the Rebbe is saying, when you meet God, you can also meet your fellows, because over there, there's no separations of time and space. And the Rebbe concludes, I bless every one of the Chassidim. The and the know The No those who love and support those who study the Tatum. Oyse Vezbaisa him and his sons. Vezari Vezerazari, his children and his children's children. they Aklash The should open for them as Saitariate, his good treasure. give them a flow of life for Brocham and great blessing, b'bona Khaya U and children, and health and panoseh, revicha, that's abundant, and that's broad, and that's generous. ashe yuchlu lahavi, they should be able to bring ko hachlates teves, all good resolve, all good decisions, all good inspirations. beteira raveideh, in learning teira, and in davening, and serving the ibishtam, being the yidin mehakeyach alapoyl, from the potential to the actual, we should be, better Jewish people, metechar chava, with blessing, with abundance. Tev and the good God, Yeza should give us this host, to hear from one another, and to inform one another, ach Tev, only good news, materially and spiritually. Vasha that we should see each other, of hastily, quickly, Besave with a joy that is sated, that is full, that is sufficient as is the desire of your want, your heart and the desire of my heart and the Rebbe refers to himself as the one who loves them very much who seeks their peace their goodness and their success this is the letter the Rebbe wrote in defining what yud Beis is this is a letter that was written after Yud Beis Tamas, but it explains what it was that the Rebbe wanted from Chesidim on Yud Beis Tamas. And it's Yud Beis Tamas, so there's no doubt. It's a special day, it's a special occasion. So the Rebbe is here, there's no doubt about it. So we should take these lessons to heart. And if you read these letters, one of the lessons of these letters is how incredibly alive and positive they are. And if you understand the time when the letter was written, you can understand that we can afford to be alive and positive now. <laughs> For sure. Okay.